Welcome to the Morning News Podcast for Thursday, February 11th. We begin with a look at the current situation in Alberta when it comes to mental health resources, specifically access to psychologists. We speak with a local psychologist about how effective the current system is and what changes could be made to increase access in the province. Next, we look at the topic of COVID fatigue in relation to learning and working online. We'll get some tips on how to stay focused and avoid techno traps while you're working remotely from a professor of communication and design. Tis the season to start thinking about tax time. We speak with a tax expert on how to make things a little easier when it comes to filing and what changes we can expect to see this year when it comes to deductions. And finally, it's a basket loaded with local gourmet products delivered right to your door. We'll speak with the founder of Market Basket YYC about this unique service that benefits foodies and local businesses. 710. And as the pandemic continues, access to psychologists never been more needed, more necessary. But what services are available to Albertans? How can we access them? What are free of charge? It's all sort of stemmed from a discussion yesterday after the NDP raised the issue of, you know, potentially uh, allowing services for all Albertans at no cost. Well, to have this discussion, we're joined now by psychologist Dr. Brent McDonald to get into some of these details. Good morning, Dr. Good morning, Sue. How are you? Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you break it down for us? You know, with the NDP's suggestion yesterday, and then we had some texters saying, hey, that's already available free of charge. What what services are available to us here in this province? Well, currently free of charge uh, and everything. I mean, no, nothing is free of yes, charge. Yes, uh, fair enough. You know, everything is going through our tax dollars. But uh, through Alberta Health Services, we have access to uh, psychiatry services, obviously. Um, there are some helplines available. There are a few nonprofit um, availability as well. For example, in Calgary, we have some excellent organizations who provide really great service um, free of charge. Um, so that would be places like uh, the Calgary Stress Center, Calgary Counseling Center, uh, those kinds of places. Um, but a, lot, a large part of the focus, and this is kind of the concern that we have as psychologists sometimes, is that it's it's almost reactive. Um, so, for example, a lot of the helplines are when you're already in crisis. Mm. Uh, for example, calling the distress center implies that you're in distress. Right. Um, and what we're hoping to see is, is a bit more of a change towards preventative mental health services as opposed to reactive mental health services. So basically, what can we do ahead of time um, to provide Albertans with, with good quality services before they hit those points of crisis and addictions and those other things that, that end up costing us a lot more money than preventative work? Yeah, well, whether it's preventative or reactive, as a psychologist, maybe you can speak to this as something we spoke sure. about yesterday, uh, the fact that if you have any experience talking to a psychologist, you know that to, to have an effective treatment, well, from my perspective, you need to have kind of a rapport, and uh, the psychologist mm-hmm. sitting across from you has to really understand where you're coming from. So generally, uh, how many visits uh, are average uh, for someone uh, using the services of psychologists? I think the the proposal that's being put forward by the NDP, I think they're looking at uh, approximately five sessions, which allows for you know a pretty solid development of rapport. Um, and because you know psychology, particularly counseling psychology, is really built on relationship more so than anything else. That's that's one of the key factors. So uh, even for example, corporations have um, EAPs or employee assistance program plans, where you're kind of if you work for an organization that has one, you're kind of paired with a psychologist. You have a limited range of choice there. 
And what we're hoping is that we can give folks a, a bit of a range of choice, develop that relationship, uh, because it's like going to your family doc. If you have a family doc and you go to that family doc over years, they get to know you. You have to go through the whole history. You have to go through the whole story every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with psychology, in fact, even more so. Um, so I think it, it would be really advantageous to see the, the implementation of, of, you know, say a few sessions, three to five to seven sessions in that range. And the other thing we have to remember here, too, is that not everyone uh, would be requiring this service or even want this service. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, you know, um, although most people would benefit from seeing a psychologist, uh, whether they, they think so or not, because there's <laughs> yeah. still that, that stigma of, you know, you see a psychologist when something's wrong. Um, psychologists in, in Alberta right now are really focusing on enhancing performance, making things better, as opposed to uh, just dealing with mental illness, uh, which is kind of the traditional model. It, you know, as you brought up family doctors, and it, again, yesterday yeah. we had a couple of textures as we were having this discussion say that, you know, when I go see my family doctor, there's a sign on the wall that says, through this clinic, I am allowed so many, and again, we'll use the word free, yes, I know we pay for it eventually, yeah. but yeah, free sure. visits with a psychologist through this clinic that I belong to. So is that common too? Like if you've got a family doctor, are are you entitled to, to some sort of visits with, with psychologists? No. Um, what you are entitled to is um, mental health services. So it may not be with a psychologist. Okay. And that's a that's actually a really important distinction to make because a mental health uh, therapist or men- mental health counselor has different training and different backgrounds than a psychologist in the same way that a psychologist and psychiatrist have different training. Right. So as we know, like psychiatrists are folks who have... Um, medical degrees and tend to work um, in hospitals and and, and uh, with more you know profound mental illness issues psychologists are tend to be folks who live more on mental wellness uh, but then you also have folks who might have a, a two-year diploma um, which uh, is great that's that's wonderful but again it's it's not providing necessarily the depth and quality of care that you would get from a psychologist who is probably the best position to help with mental wellness um, across the board very interesting. I'm, I'm wondering, uh, Dr. McDonald, uh, would you be able to stick around for two more minutes to continue the conversation? Absolutely. Well, Please, good yeah, stuff. Absolutely. What we'll do is we'll take a quick break and we'll uh, join you in a second. That is Dr. Brent McDonald, a psychologist, and uh, you can find him on social media at Calgary Psych Doc. 7.18 on the morning news and more of a conversation with Dr. Brent McDonald, a local psychologist, talking about the state of uh, psychological services available to Albertans. Thank you for uh, hanging on with us here, Dr. McDonald. Absolutely. My pleasure. Well, you know, I think that the root of this conversation is we want a, a better system and we want to make sure that all Albertans are taken care of. So I'm, I'm wondering... Do we look at other, uh, you know, parts of our country that are doing it better, other provinces, or, or do we look globally to, to countries that are doing things differently uh, that benefit the citizens more? I think we have to look really quite globally. Um, there's uh, some some programs out of uh, uh, Scandinavia, out of Europe, that we can look to that provide different kinds of approaches, different kinds of services. Uh, but, you know, we can even look just within ourselves, too, and say, okay, what models could we take from the private world and, and adapt to the, to the public health care system? So we know, for example, that for every dollar that you invest in mental health care or mental wellness, uh, 
if you're a corporation, for every dollar you invest, you get a return of up to about $4, right, um, in terms of lost absentee time and, and those kinds of things. So if we took that model and said, okay, let's look at this from a purely from a, uh, and this is kind of crass, but from a, from a financial perspective alone, it makes 100% sense. In fact, 400% sense mm. if you want to go with the 4 to 1 ratio um, to invest in, in uh, really high-quality mental health services for, for, for communities. Um, I wouldn't want to look at any specific jurisdiction because every jurisdiction is unique. Alberta, for example, is a large geographic area with uh, both an urban and a rural uh, population base. So, you know, what works in the city may not work in a, a more rural jurisdiction and, and vice versa. You know, it's funny, We as we continue this conversation and we get texts in, you know, who's going to pay for this? Nothing is free. It's just going to be more taxes. And, and you're right. You know, if, if you look at the, the overall picture, we'll save money in the long run because there are so many issues now, just not through the pandemic, but just overall, if people were able to access any kind of mental health services and, and psychological counseling for sure too. So, yeah. you know, is, do you think that that makes sense, you know, in the, in the, in the perfect world that maybe we go back to, you know, the fees that we used to have in this province, for example, to support a resource like this and make it, you know, so that everybody has this access? Well, initially, I mean, the hard part would be getting started, right? And this is where I, you know, I, I again, appeal to, to folks to think about, yes, there is a cost to where our taxes would go up. Yeah, of course. Um, short term. Long term, the benefits are immense, and the, the analogy I'll use because you know I, I love, like using analogies is uh, with hockey, for example. Um, we've seen a significant decrease in the number of injuries and those sorts of things, not because the game has gotten softer by any stretch, but because we have better protective equipment. Mm. So, a bit yep. of an investment in higher quality equipment. Uh, reduces injury. I would argue the exact same model holds true. Uh, so you have to put a bit of money up front to get the, the long-term benefits and to actually enhance the, the game, if you will, right? Um, but again, you, you, if you look at what corporations are doing uh, and if governments took their lead a little bit from, from uh, different corporations, we see that an investment, and it truly is an investment in mental health services, makes for a way more productive workforce uh, a happier uh, workforce and a workforce that ultimately uh, is going to be contributing to that tax base as opposed to detracting from it. Dr. McDonald, before we let you go, and it is timely, you know, with a lot of people struggling at this point, Absolutely. I'm wondering yeah. if, if you've never seen a, a psychologist, is there a, a kind of a one-stop shop or a good place for somebody to go to, to find one that would be a good fit for them? Absolutely. The, the one I recommend, um, we have actually a great uh, psychology association here in Alberta, the Psychologist Association of Alberta, and uh, we have a website uh, with a referral line. So you can go in, you can type in your whatever jurisdiction, whatever region you're in the city, type in if you want a male or female therapist, um, if you want what kind of service you require, um, and it'll spit out some names. Um, which is, a, a, that is your one-stop shopping right there. But there are some other uh, resources too. And if, uh, if I could, I would, uh, I'll probably post it on my social media uh, for, you, for your uh, listeners uh, this morning and kind of spread that out um, for things like, you know, like I mentioned, Calgary Counseling Center, the Distress Center, mm-hmm. Woods Homes for Families, uh, some of the helplines. Uh, the main one is the PAA, or the Psychologist Association of Alberta's uh, referral site. How many psychologists in the province? Uh, about 3,500. 3,500, okay. And at yeah. your social media handle, we can find you at Calgary Psych Doc. I actually have, I've, I've recently changed, so I'm at uh, Mac Psych Doc, M A C P 
P-S-Y-C-H-D-O-C. Mac Psych Doc on social yes. media. And we'll, uh, we'll make sure that, that that's available for our listeners as well. But thank you so much for your time this morning. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting conversation. And I think, Mo, one that we'll probably be having, you know, not, this won't be the last one. Let's put it that way. Well, I hope to have a chance to chat with you again soon. This is a really um, important issue and, and uh, something near and dear to, to most Albertans. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Thanks, you. Psychologist Dr. Brett McDonald. 609 on the morning news. After months of virtual learning, fatigue could be setting in for some students. Louis-Etienne Dubois is an assistant professor at the Faculty of Communication and Design at Ryerson University and joins us now with some tips on staying focused and avoiding techno traps this semester. Good morning to you, Professor. Good morning. This is this is interesting because it seems to me that this is maybe the perfect storm, you know, uh, particularly when you look at this type of uh, this time of the year. We've been in the pandemic. We've done more online than we have perhaps our entire lives. And now it's cold. So we're not even getting that fresh air. Is this the perfect storm to lose focus, Professor? Yeah, it, you know, it's it's the perfect storm. And, and I, I think uh, part of the problem is the kind of the optimism that maybe we had in the first few months of this pandemic is 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 going away or is certainly taking a, a beating because this is taking a while to get back to, to normal so you know kind of optimism and hope is 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 perhaps slowly fading away we're we're hoping for the vaccine and we're hoping to to get back together anytime soon but but we'll see when when that happens so your thoughts then, whether we're at home because we're working at home or we're doing school at home, it is tough to keep the focus sometimes. You know, we're doing a lot of Zoom calls as well. So you, you sort of, your eyes start to glaze over and your mind starts to wander. What can we do about that? Yeah, and, and I don't know about you, but I've, I've been hearing a lot of people just saying that they've been trying to cut back, uh, you know, after the, the holidays, trying to cut back on, on the number of Zoom meetings. It's, it's taking a toll, and I'm, I, I'm seeing a lot more phone calls, uh, you know, even talking to professionals. So it's not just in the kind of education realm. There's, there's a lot of fatigue with, uh, with using these, uh, these virtual uh, tools. And, you know, and I, I think the, the, the initial uh, reaction that, that we had as instructors um, – was was to say, well, you know, we need to be kind of extra engaging, and we all of a sudden find ourselves uh, in a space where, uh, you know, we're competing against, uh, you know, YouTube and Netflix and 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 influencers, and all of a sudden we need to be as entertaining. Now I've seen a lot of colleagues just, you know, just pulling all sorts of trick, tricks, and it's quite impressive, you know, just just building these virtual worlds and and you know teaching through some sort of video game uh, uh, interfaces, and that's great. The problem is, uh, you know, I feel this is only working in, in, in theory because in practice, we got to be mindful of, you know, who it is that we're, that we're teaching and the, 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 the reality of the students and the environment in which they're receiving that content may not be, uh, you know, may not be suitable for all, you know, all of this technology. I'll give you, a, you know, I'll give you an example. I have some students who, you know, the only calm space they can find in their home, uh, you know, to, to, to connect and to, to, to follow the, 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 the class is, is the bathroom, right? So yeah. <laughs> they'll lock wow. themselves in the bathroom for three hours uh, and they'll try to follow. So, I mean, it, it's not the right time to be you know, kind of throwing all sorts of technology, uh, technologies at them and technological tools uh, for they're not in the right kind of headspace and, well, just literally space <laughs> to be using all of these. So you got to be in the right space, but to that point, if I'm in a classroom or if I'm, 
you know, in an office setting to a certain extent, uh, you know, physically I'm there. But mentally, we use the term techno trap. And now in front of us, whether it's a, an iPad, your phone or the computer, you have access to, to anywhere in the world and any topic. So is that what we refer to when we say techno trap or is it also the apps and the communication apps as well? Well, the, the techno trap, you know, the way I define it is is just again, it seems like when you think about, well, I want to be engaging, I want I want my students to be stimulated, or I want my employees to be stimulated. I'm going to resort to all sorts of tools out there, and I'm going to throw, you know, just these these quizzes and these these uh, you know fancy graphics and all of those things. And and there's a you know what I found is that there's there's actually just value in slowing things down and trying to engage with them on you know through different ways Mm -hmm. for instance when you go to a museum there's no there's nobody yelling at you the entire time there's no you know kind of laser show Mm -hmm. or uh, you know very kind of direct active stimulation it's another form of stimulation and i'm like well you know what if we thought about our meetings or what if we thought about our, our classes as as museums same way if you go to a park you may be very much engaged you may be very much kind of there in the moment uh, you know, kind of thinking about all sorts of things, but but being very, uh, you know, kind of reflective at the same time. And again, there's there's no there's no active stimulation or there's no technology that is, uh, you know, kind of creating all of this. And so the value of kind of you know thinking, well, what if I try to design my class like a museum experience, or what if I try to design my class uh, as a park? What would that look like, uh, and what would be the value in that? I get it. So like, keep it simple. Strip it down so that people can focus on the message and not the the flashbang that's surrounding it. More than is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, exactly. And I think we 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 definitely feel the need for um, perhaps something a little bit more you know soothing, uh, comfortable, slower. So it forced me to absolutely kind of strip down the the content and go back to the the essential. What is that big idea that I want my students to leave with? Uh, the same way, I mean, we've been seeing this about classes and even meetings. Like, you know, what is the agenda? What is that one particular thing? If 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 there's only one thing you want the people uh, to remember coming out of that meeting, what would that be? So it's kind of refocusing on that. And it's really about just trying to create a space in which we can see each other, in which we can talk to one another, in which we can have, uh, you know, a pleasant moment. Uh, so I, you know, I've just kind of stripped it down. I, I allow my students to, to kind of trickle in uh, and, and come into the, the classroom, the, the virtual classroom, obviously, a little earlier because, you know, they use that 10, 15 minutes ahead of class the same way they would do in real life, which is just to chat, uh, you know, just relax, just get in the zone a little bit, uh, trying to transition from whatever they were doing before. Mm-hmm. So I put a little bit of music, and it's always very nice and, and relaxing. Perhaps I'll light a candle, or or I'll put the the computer next to the fireplace, uh, you know, just to just to set the just to set the mood. It does look like a Hallmark commercial at times, but that's great. So and and it just kind of gets them in the get gets them in the mood. And when class starts, it's really just about a discussion. Um, and, and you know, as you mentioned earlier, there's there's kind of this fatigue that gets get, that that is kicking in and 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 taking a toll on all of us. And it's actually great also to be talking about these things. Um, there's a lot of research actually that talks about kind of this connection between vulnerability and trust. And so even for me as an instructor to be talking about how I am coping with all of this, yeah. 
in my own struggles, it, it really kind of, you know, it's, it, it's, it's showing a little bit of vulnerability, but yeah. it's connecting a lot of trust. It's creating a lot of trust with it's, the students. Well, sharing the common experience. Hey, even the professor is going through something different than they're not used to yeah. during this, you know, extraordinary time. So I like what you're saying there. We're going to have to leave it there for time, Professor. But thank you so much for, for uh, sharing the conversation with us. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you. That is uh, Professor Louis-Etienne Dubois from the School of Creative Industries, Faculty of Communication and Design, Ryerson University. A 12 and it is the season, unfortunately, to start thinking about tax time. Whether you're an early bird when it comes to filing your taxes or you like to leave things to the last minute, it can make the entire process a whole lot easier by getting your documents together ahead of time. With some more tips and tricks for us, some insight into maybe some of the changes we should expect to see this year, we're joined this morning by Josie Cabral, who's a tax expert with H&R Block. Morning, Josie. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Okay, so talk to us about what we should start thinking about now, whether we're ready to file or not. What do we start need to start doing? Well, first of all, my biggest tip to anybody who's getting ready to file their taxes, which is all of us Canadian right now, is to get ahead of yourself, get your documents together, and make sure that you have everything in order for when you come see your tax specialist in office. Josie, is this something, you know, uh, whether I have a tax specialist or do it on my own, is there some kind of a checklist that I can access from the Canada Revenue Agency so I know that I do have indeed every document? Because I know that when I've sent it to my accountant, oh, we need this, this, and the other thing. But I do this every year and I keep forgetting. Yes, actually, on uh, our website, which is www.hrblock.ca, we have a great checklist that's in order reminding people exactly what they need to bring in and what's specific to their situation. Is there going to be something unique to this next uh, tax filing that we need to know about? Well, something that's great for a lot of people um, due to the pandemic, a lot of people have been sent home this year uh, to work from home. So the government's put in place uh, two different credits. It's the same credit, but two different methods of calculating it. It's for work expenses at home. Basically, there's a flat rate, which entitles you to $2 a day for up to 200 days, which gives you $400 of deduction. The second method is the detailed method. On this one, you're capable of claiming a portion of your rent, of your electricity, of your internet and phone usage, as well as any supplies that were not paid back by your employer, of course. Jesse, do we know which one would uh, bring you further ahead when it comes to tax time, uh, the detailed method or the simple method, or does it depend just how much you are working at home or have? Um, yes, definitely. If you go on the government website, on the CRA website, there's a simulation that you can do that's very easy, very user-friendly, and it will actually guide you through it to see which one of the two methods is um, better for you. And I do suggest that people take the time to look at that because everybody right now needs to put a little bit more money back in their pockets. Let's talk about uh, the advantages of having a tax pro do taxes versus, you know, maybe me just doing them on my own or I've got a, a program that I have on my computer. You know, what do I need to know about those three different types? Well, definitely. Um, us as tax specialists, uh, we're, we have a continued education. We are aware of all the changes that are made uh, throughout the year uh, and every week, because every week now there's something new that comes out. So definitely, I do suggest you speak to a tax specialist or a job is basically to give you the maximum refund possible and 
once again, like I said, to put back money in our pockets. Mm-hmm. Sue mentioned in the introduction there, Josie, that you know some people are early birds, some people leave it to the last minute. Is there a benefit to doing either, or does it make a difference if I file immediately when I can, or I wait till the last day? Well, basically, if you come in the office right now and we do a simulation of your taxes, a lot of people received government subsidies this year due to COVID. So they will be expected, they'll have a bigger amount due this year. So what we could do is that if you come in the office early before March 1st, sorry, before March 1st, which is the RSP buying deadline, we could do a simulation of your taxes and possibly guide you in the right direction to purchase a little bit of RSPs to reduce your amount owing to the government this year. Uh, it's a different year for sure, so this might be the time where you actually seek out a tax expert and realize how much easier it is to have somebody who knows all the ins and outs do it for you. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Appreciate your time. That's Josie Cabral, who's a tax expert with H&R Block, and it is hrblock.ca. How about you, Sue? Would you like to do it on your own, or have you, have you been to an accountant or an expert or a company like H&R Block? I used to do it on my own. I have in the past, uh, you know, and then I had a, a friend doing it for me, and, and now we have an accountant for one of our businesses, so yeah. they just do our personal taxes at the same time. It's okay. just easier. But, you know, if you've got a simple, um, you know, tax form. If you're on your own, out, for example, and don't run yeah, your own business. It's not so hard, but with all this new stuff, stuff this year you know hey if you get a few extra bucks out of it why not you know it'll usually offset the cost and and to your benefit it always feels good to get that check did you do it yourself no i well i did it for years and then i found a professional and i used to you know go to like a a, a tiny independent and then i went to a a real accountant i think it cost me the first time and i thought oh what the heck is this back then it was like 80 bucks or something that was a lot of money back then 25 years ago whatever it was um I was just shocked at how much I did get back. Yep. 8.50 now, and the pandemic has sure forced home cooks to get creative. And that's why Market Basket YYC is excited now to be bringing gourmet local ingredients to help Calgarians elevate their meals a little bit. With details on what's coming to your doorstep, we're joined this morning by Alex Olson, one of the founders of Market Basket YYC. Morning, Alex. Good morning, guys. How are you? Excellent. Thanks so much for joining us. This is just a a, a smart way to get access to local ingredients safely and supporting small businesses here in our community. Tell us how this works. Yeah, so we're so excited to bring Market Basket to everyone in Calgary and to share all the amazing stuff we have. And essentially, we're an online farmer's market, but more. And we've partnered with so many great people in the city, some renowned chefs, to bring some of the best food to everybody. Uh, we know that COVID has hit everyone really hard. And whether you're on the business side of things, it's like any support right now is so important. And for customers, it can be really difficult to get around right now to all these shops and markets. And, you know, with back and forth closures of restaurants, uh, mealtime can be difficult. And so we want to just help elevate and simplify home cooking and bring some really great products right to your door. Alex, how do you curate the, the vendors that you choose? Like how, how do you find your partners that you'll include uh, within a basket. You know what? One of my favorite things when I moved here years ago uh, was going around the city and kind of meeting and finding all the little local shops that um, were really passionate about their cooking. And so most of these people I've been a customer for for years. And then some just going out and about, like the best part about what we're doing right now is some of these vendors have been in the city for, you know, more than 30 years and others, you know, COVID started them their business over a year ago. And for us going around and, you know, handpicking these people and hearing their stories, trying their amazing food, uh, it's been a real joy. And we just can't wait for everyone else in the city to have it. Alex, so we go online, marketbasketyyc.ca, and what happens? What do we do? 
so you can go on. We've got a variety of stuff. So you can go on. You can pick your ingredients, get creative, make a meal. But the exciting thing is, is we've also uh, collaborated with these vendors and with some chefs. And we're going to have some really great meal kits, uh, whether it's pre-made stuff, mm. stuff you can put together. Um, just trying to get exciting and bring some really like high elevated food into your kitchen and change up your meal time. You know, you you want to you know give these vendors some shine and give people the opportunity to to have some very unique products on their doorstep, but also you want to give back. Tell us about the charity component. Yeah, so a few years back, I went to a charity and it was all for Breakfast Club of Canada. And when I was there, I was in absolute shock of how many schools are on the list for this program and how many hungry kids are out there. And my favorite thing is that, uh, you know, their mission is to, to, you know, support these kids and start their day off right. And with kids of my own, I thought it'd be so important to, to give back to that in any way. And so what we're doing is a dollar from every basket that you purchase. Uh, we will be collecting and giving to them and help feeding these kids. Fantastic. You're on Insta, you're on Facebook, and the website, again, marketbasketyyc.ca, and you can order and get all that good food delivered right to your doorstep. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. You too. That's Alex Olson, one of the founders of Market Basket YYC.